I enlisted in the military at a very young age. My first duty station I got to after all my training, um, I got taken advantage of. I was honorably discharged, but I was diagnosed with um, PTSD. You know, it just kind of felt like my life started to fall apart and I lost a purpose in my life. I got extremely depressed, um, very, very angry at the world, felt like there was no God. Started drinking extremely heavily. I lost my grandpa and then I felt like that was the last good thing I had left and why would God do this to me? So I wanted to die, I wanted to take my own life. Figured out a plan, drove myself out to the middle of nowhere where I had no cell phone service. Gathered up all my medication to help me sleep that I'd taken for PTSD and just took it all. And the next thing I know, the fire department's there and they're, they're there to help me and I just, I knew that it was God. That was God saving my life. That was God showing himself to me. Um, and all the times I'd screamed and yelled and shouted and hated him and didn't believe he was real, like it didn't matter, he was there for me. I actually um, wanted to go to church um, shortly after I was, I was able to get out of the um, hospital but because of COVID, everything's online. So I found all of CCB's online videos and I had started watching those. Then I'd seen um, video of um, like baptism and stuff. And so I sent a text to the number on the video and um, it was a very quick response. And I kind of thought it was silly that it, you know I was even interested um, because I thought ultimately I felt I tried to kill myself twice like that, there's no way. He had just asked, you know, if there's a specific time and date um, that I'd like to do it. And then that's when I said yes, but I have, you know, some questions because I thought I wasn't able to even be baptized. And so that's when I brought up my questions and kind of told him briefly my story. And he, you know, said that that's absolutely okay and acceptable. Like, you know, everyone can be baptized. Everyone's allowed to be baptized and should be. Like, one of the things I think about all the time is no matter what, God's never given up on me. Um, he really did save my life, and so I think about any time I'm going through anything hard where I would normally want to just go straight to drinking and getting drunk, um, instead of doing that, I just pause and I pray and I, I think about God. God saved my life for a reason and I have a purpose. Um, I feel like my purpose is to, to help others and I, I'm a first responder and I, I love that, but I feel like it's to help others in another way. And um, for me, I feel like it might be to help others struggling with, with you know, alcoholism and PTSD, um, others who, who might not believe in God and might be so angry at the world that um, they don't feel like they have a purpose. I had lost my purpose in life, but I found it again in following Him. Well, to me, you know, stories like that never get old. They're actually what our church is all about. And I love what Andrea said. She said, I lost my purpose in life, 
but I found it again when I found him, when she decided to follow Jesus. And so I just want to say right up front as we get started today that there may be someone here today that you're not even sure why you're watching. Watching Maybe someone sent this video to you or sent a link to this message, promised you lunch or dinner if you watched it. But I want to let you know that you may not know why you're here, but God has you here for a purpose. And it's because he wants to speak into your life and show you that he can give you a purpose, just like you saw in that video. Well, uh, today we, we are in a message series, week three of a series we've been in called New Normal. And what I want to talk to you about today is something I've heard for the last four months. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a phrase that I feel like is picking up steam. I feel like I hear it more and more. Um, and it's the phrase that I've heard come out of more people's mouths than anything else as we've been in the midst of this pandemic. And I bet you can fill in the blank with this phrase. I just can't wait for things to get back to, what is it? Normal. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want things to get back to normal. And I can't wait for things to get back to normal. Now, it's not like, you know, this is a bad phrase. I mean, I've heard my kids say this all the time. I've heard family members say it. I was with a staff member two weeks ago, and he was talking to me. He said, I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. I've heard this on the news. I've heard random strangers say it in the grocery store. I've seen it on social media over and over again. And to some extent, you know, it's, it's normal. We, we want some normalcy in some things in our lives. Like, for example, uh, one of the things we know we want to get back to normal is regathering as a church. I mean, we're going to regather as a church. I mean, I believe it's really, really important that we gather physically, and we're going to do that in a safe and responsible way. So we know that there needs to be some normalcy there. So for some, anybody else want to get some normalcy when it comes to sports? You want to watch some sports back on TV? You can comment in the comment section online. Yeah. I mean, you can only watch so many reruns on TV of 80s and 90s championships. You already know what's going to happen. You know, we get to watch The Last Dance. That was great. It came out. But when I watch ESPN, sometimes I feel bad for the commentators. I feel like they're having to make stuff up to report on in sports because there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, I feel like eventually they're going to start reporting on underwater basket weaving or something like that. I don't know. But we want some normalcy there. Any, any parents out there? Ready to have your kids back in school? Yeah, if your kids are in the room, you're like, no, kids, it's okay. No, you want them back in school, right? I mean, at this time of the year, you're thinking like, oh, you know, in a normal season, you'd be like, what teacher did they get? Now you're like, I don't even care what teacher they got. Just open the schools. And we'll see, you know, we got a lot of up in the air with schools right now. But we want some normalcy back there. What's interesting to me, though, when we think about this question and this phrase, like, I need things back to normal. I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. What I want to talk to you about today in this message is this. Some of us here today that have said, I can't wait for things to get back to normal, are the exact same people that pre-COVID were begging for God to change our normal. We didn't like our normal. We said, God, I don't even like my life right now. I don't like what's going on. You got to change something. We prayed to God. We begged God, please change my normal. And here we are. Things changed, bam, overnight. And a lot of things changed. We know this because we've seen it for the better. And yet here we are. We hit a couple bumps in the road along the way. We're in a little bit of a desert period right now. And what do we say? I can't wait for things to get back to normal when we were the ones begging pre-COVID for God to change our normal. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. 
Because, let me put it this way, why would we assume that normal is back there? Why would we assume that normal's always back here? It's gotta be back, back here. Why would we assume that? Even when we used to beg God to change our normal back there. The reason why is because what's back there was familiar. It was actually comfortable, even though our normal was negative. Your normal could be completely negative, but it is your normal, you're familiar with it, so you reach back for it. But why would we assume that God's normal for our life is always back there? What if God has a brand new normal for you that you have to push through to discover what it is? And the risk for some of us, if we don't get this, is that we're reaching back for something that we've been asking God to move us on from. And we know that can happen to all of us because we see it in scripture. The people of God, this exact same thing happened to them. If you have a Bible today, you can open to Exodus chapter 14. That's where we're gonna find ourselves. If you don't have a Bible, I'm gonna have the words on the screen, no worries. But what happens in Exodus chapter 14, by the way, Exodus, just second book in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, what's happened is the people of God are in slavery. All right, they, they're in Egypt and Pharaoh has enslaved them. This is a it, part of history, not just biblical history, but we know it from history. And so when we look at the people of God, what is their normal? Their normal is slavery. It's their normal. And what have they been doing? They've been begging, begging God to take them out of their normal. And guess what? They've been in slavery for 430 years. Generation after generation is used to slavery. It's normal. But what do you do when you're in slavery? You want to get out of it. You beg God to get out of it. Listen to how it's described in Exodus 3.7. This, this is uh, the, Lord, the Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. They're, they're, they're enslaved. I've heard them what? Crying out, God, change our normal. Please change our normal because of the slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. God sees their suffering. He sees that they're crying out, please change things. So what does God do? Bam, you read through the book of Exodus, and through 10 plagues, God finally gets Pharaoh's attention. Pharaoh decides to let the people go, what they've been begging for for years, and what we're gonna see happen is the moment the people of Israel get out of the normal they've been asking to get out of, they get into a desert period, they hit a little bit of turbulence, and you know what they do? They ask to go right back. But here's what's happening. They're in slavery, that's their normal, and God wants to take them to a new normal, which is the promised land. Now the promised land is a place they've never been, they're not familiar with it, but what do they have to do to get to the promised land? And the same thing is true of your life. If you wanna get from your normal to today, to a new normal, what do we have to go through? We almost always have to go through a desert. Almost always. And for the people of God, Egypt is in the south, and God's gonna move them through a desert to actually go to the promised land. It's a literal desert period, but it's figurative and it's literal. And by the way, the same thing happens to us. If you wanna get to where God wants you to go, it almost always happens through a desert. It does. And so, if I asked you right now, when we think about the season we're in, this pandemic that we've been dealing with, where do you think we are on this spectrum? Well, we're not in our old normal, right? I mean, that's, that's done. We're not in a new normal yet, so where are we? 
We're sitting in a desert period. And by the way, let's just be honest, a desert period isn't that fun. If you're in a desert period, I mean, anybody else, like you're just in a desert period, you're like, ugh, COVID-19. Like you don't want to hear that term anymore. But we are in a desert period. And when you're in a desert, I want to show you clearly from Scripture, it is so easy to want to turn back to a normal that was actually negative that you were begging God to move you from. This happens to the Israelites. They get delivered from bondage and slavery. They get into the desert, and the moment they get into the desert, the first thing they come up against is the Red Sea, and they're going, how are we gonna get past the Red Sea? And then they turn around, and they see Pharaoh coming after them, and they freak out, and let me show you from Scripture exactly what happened. Exodus 14.10 says this. As Pharaoh approached the Israelite, the Israelites looked up, And there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were what? They were terrified. Remember that word. They were scared. They had fear in their hearts. And they cried out to the Lord. The verse goes on next and says this. And they said to Moses, watch this. They were begging for God to change their normal. Get us out of slavery. And then in the desert, they hit a little bump in the road. They're not sure what to do. And listen to what they say. They said to Moses, what have you done? to us by bringing us out of Egypt. What? You begged to get out of Egypt. Now you get into a desert and you're asking to go right back to the normal that God never had for you. How does that happen? How does that happen? We look at that and go, what in the world? Let me tell you how it happens. It's a human principle that you need to be aware of in your own life. It happens in your life, and it can happen in my life, okay? It happens to all of us. What happens is this, is that fear can cause us to reach back for what's familiar. When you hit a place of fear in your life, and you're in a place of unknown, and you're not sure what to do, guess what? You just reach back to what was familiar. Even, watch this, even if what's familiar is destructive for your future. I mean, can't this happen? The Israelites, they've been begging to get, for God to get them out of slavery. God gets them out of slavery. They hit a bump in the road. They have fear in their hearts. And what do they do? They reach back to the thing that has been destroying their lives all the time. And we look at this and we think this. I mean, how stupid is that? Like, how dumb do you have to be to want to go back to slavery? I mean, these are like Neanderthals, right? Isn't it true, though, that the same thing can happen to us. God actually wants to take us from a normal that was not working in our lives and take us to a new normal. But to get there, we have to go through a desert. And in the desert, when we feel fear of the unknown, we're not sure how long this is going to last. We're not sure what's going to happen to the economy. All of a sudden, in our fear, we can reach back for something that's familiar even though familiar is destructive to the future that God actually wants for us. (laughs) An example would be for some of us here today and watching. During this COVID season, God's got your attention. You used to beg him to change some things. You knew you you needed some things to change. And you knew that you were not really close to God at all. And all of a sudden during COVID, you know, you've, you've actually been praying to God more than ever. You've actually been reading your Bible more. You actually feel more dependent on God. And you're like, I think that's a good thing. God's doing some things in my life. And you needed some things to change. 
you know, maybe in your past was some struggles with a substance. Maybe alcohol, or a pill, or pornography. Or you knew in your past you were doing something that was not going to help your future. And God got your attention during this time, and you started to move forward to a new normal. You didn't know exactly what it looked like, but you were moving forward, and all of a sudden you got into a desert period, and you started to reach back for some of the things that were destroying your life in the past. So what do we have to do? We have to learn that to get to a new normal, you have to be able to push through this desert period, because you're going to hit it. You're gonna hit a period where you just feel some fear, some unknown, you wanna reach back for the familiar. And what, it, what happens in Exodus 16:2 is that it says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. <laughs> Anybody during this pandemic been grumbling? Anybody? Stupid COVID-19. Anybody's kids been grumbling out there? Yeah. I mean, some of you, you, you relate with some of the memes out there, right? I mean, there's, there's memes out there that's like, hey, I thought I was prepared for 2020, and then all of a sudden, bam. <laughs> you know what happened to some of us? When this pandemic hit, we armored up, but we armored up for weeks or maybe a couple months. And then all of a sudden, we realized we didn't armor up for the long haul. We didn't think it was gonna last this long. And now we're frustrated. And now there's a little bit of fear. And what happens is if you don't push through the desert, you'll reach back for something that God never in intended for you. In other words, I'd say it this way. To go from slavery to the promised land, you almost always have to go through a desert. And you better accept the fact that there's going to be a desert period and you got to keep moving forward. So you got to push through the desert. you got to push through the desert. And by the way, can we just admit Desert periods are not all that bad. Not everything's bad about the desert. I mean, if you look at your life, the times that God got your attention the most, the times that God had some of the biggest breakthroughs that you've ever experienced in your life, the times that you saw the change that you needed to happen in your life, in your family's life, in your marriage, in your kids, often happened in a desert period. I mean, if I was going to give you an example, I would, just, I would just speak to the leaders and the business owners in our church today. I mean, if you're a leader or you're a business owner, and we have tons of them at CCV, and we love that, I think this COVID season has maybe been tougher on leaders and those in the, that have to lead in the business world, maybe more than any other, other group of people. And again, I don't expect everyone to agree with that. You may push back on that. You may, you may not see that. But until you're in a place of leadership, you'll never understand the weight that you feel when you're responsible for people's paychecks, when you're responsible for the health of the organization and where it's going, and eventually the buck stops with you. And if you're a leader today, you feel that weight. And what makes this season even weightier is that you don't have anything to look back on really in recent history of going like, how did they do it back then? Like how'd they make decisions back then? Well, the, what we're facing is really, really new, at least for the past you know, 50 to 100 years. So you feel the weight, but if you're a leader here today, can I ask you, 
has there been anything good that's come out of this desert season for you? Let me ask it this way. Have there been any innovative ideas that have popped up in your organization? Have there been any cost savings ideas that would have never come if this season never, never showed up? Have there been any projects that people have brought up that you thought, you know what, that's unbelievable, but it would have never happened. That innovation would have never boiled up unless you were in the midst of this really tough season. And I know what the answer is for 95% of you that are leaders. The answer is absolutely. I'll never forget when I worked at Intel for a season of my life, the CEO at the time, Craig Barrett, an amazing CEO, he said this, America was in a deep recession at the time. And he said this, every good organization during a tough recessionary period will come out stronger on the other end if they'll lead well through it. And I believe that with everything inside of me. And here's why, because there's a principle when it comes to innovation and breakthrough, and I would say it this way, innovation and breakthrough are born more out of times of constraint than they are abundance. I mean, we can argue with that fact. I wish, it was the, I wish it was different. I wish that during times of abundance and when things were going well, that that's when we got all the great ideas. But history shows us, and our own personal lives show us, that innovation and the biggest breakthroughs we experience happen oftentimes during the tough times, when we feel constrained, when things are hard. God seems to do his best work, and we seem to have some of our best ideas. By the way, that's happening at CCV. Our staff has been so great. You know, We have all these innovative and great ideas that are popping up, and I believe with everything inside of me, everything inside of me, that we as a church will come out stronger on the other side of this. And it's hard to see right now in so many people's lives, I know that it's hard to see when you're in the desert how there can be something so much better, a promised land on the other side. But that's why you have to push through. And if I was just gonna give you an example from someone in our church that is a, a business owner, and there's so many of them that I've talked to, uh, what, what happened to Jamie and I is during this COVID season, our family's been trying to go out to eat and eat at some local business owners' places. I mean, for those, those, especially those that are owned by CCV, we know how hard it's been and we want to come support them. And so we've gone to a lot of them. And we went to one recently where they'd been opened up for a, a little bit and it's a Mexican restaurant and we really liked it. And the, the, the two owners that are from CCV came over and started talking to Jamie and I about just what they've been going through. And they said, you know, before COVID hit, our, our, our business was, our restaurant was pretty new and it was, it was starting to go on, but it was really, really tough. You know, we were just trying to make ends meet, and then COVID hit. And they said this, COVID just about put us under. We had rent to pay. We, we had to furlough some employees. It was just the two of us, the two owners. We thought, how on earth, we don't have anybody coming into the restaurant, how are we gonna pay our rent? They said the only thing we could think to do was this, and this is what they did. They decided every day in the morning to come in and make 80 burritos. That's what they could make. They took 80 burritos, and between the two of them, they split them up into two um, just coolers on wheels, and they literally, in 100-plus degree weather, co took coolers, each of them, and just went up and down Bell Road with coolers, walking into any business organization that would let them in to sell them a burrito and a drink for 10 bucks, the meal deal. And they tried to tell them, hey, we're a legitimate business. They wore the shirts. Like, we're a real restaurant. But that's all they could think to do. And they, they, they made a deal with each other. They said, 
We'll take the 40 burritos and we can't come back until we sell all 40. You want to talk about a desert period? I, I said to my eyes got wet. I thought, are you kidding me? You took coolers and just walked up and down into random businesses trying to sell them a burrito meal deal just to pay rent? They said, that's what we had to do. And God miraculously provided for them during this season. And you know what they were thinking the whole time? We cannot wait for things to get back to normal. And what God was thinking is on the other side of this, I have a new normal for you. You know what happened during that season for them? You, you, I mean, you can't make this up. They went around and they developed all new customers walking up and down the street meeting all these business owners. They meet all these business owners, they love their food. When they open back up, now they have all this new clientele coming. They have people ordering online, which they want, and even best of all, now they have all these new uh, you know, these new companies that are calling them, asking for big corporate catering events, which if you know the restaurant industry, catering is where you make a lot of your money. So now they're realizing on the other side of this period, they're gonna be stronger for it. But how are they supposed to see that in the midst of the desert period? I thought that's just an unbelievable story. And by the way, they're just one of many restaurants that I think are, are those that are gonna make it, not all of them are, but those that are gonna make it, I think are gonna be stronger on the other side. Wall Street Journal just ran an article in June that said online orders, which restaurants want, it's where they make, it's a little more lucrative for them, online orders at the end of 2020, they now project to be what they thought wouldn't, would take until the end of 2023. That's how much it's pulled in. And so there's opportunity in desert periods, but that's just one industry. The question is, in your life and mine, what is God doing that is potentially gonna be really, really good if we push through on the other side? And we have to get through the desert. Did you know when you look up the word desert in the Old Testament, did you know that the word for desert in the Old Testament doesn't mean dry? You know what it means? The word for desert in the Old Testament means uninhabited. It's just a place that we've never gone before. In other words, a desert period doesn't have to be a dry period. A desert period is just a place you've never been before. And if you've never been there before and you get fear into your heart in a desert, you'll reach back for something familiar even though God wants to take you into a preferred future. So what do we have to do? We have to push through the desert period. Why? Because if you don't push through the desert, you'll never see what's better on the other side. And I'm talking to someone here today, whether you're a student and you're frustrated because of school or sports and you're in a desert period, you gotta push through. If you're a parent and you're frustrated with what's going on in your life right now, you gotta push through. If you're a business owner, you have to push through this period so God can show you what's better on the other side. And by the way, you'll never see it in the desert. You gotta push through. So what do we have to do to push through this season? I think God gives us the answer in scripture. In this period of time, when the Israelites, God delivered them from slavery, they almost turned back and went back, which is crazy 
God speaks into their life to tell them how to move forward. Here's what he says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, through his servant Moses. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. This is God speaking through Moses. Stand firm. When you don't think you can make it, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, you stand firm. And you'll see the Lord, the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Watch this. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The thing that you've been wanting to be delivered from in your past, if you stand firm and trust me, you will never see that again. But what's required? You gotta stand firm and then watch this. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So many of us, when we hit hard times, we wanna take things into our own hands. And again, you gotta keep moving and do everything you can, but realize you gotta trust God and be patient with him as he moves you through this season. Stand firm. Stand firm. And then what else are we told to do? The next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Stop crying out saying, eh. Tell the Israelites to move on. Move on. So what's the summary? I think the summary of these two verses is this. You want to keep going, you want to push through, stand strong and move on. You stand firm in your trust that God is still moving and you keep taking step after step after step and don't you reach back for what's familiar just because you have fear. I love how Paul puts this in Philippians chapter three. He puts it this way. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what's behind, that's my past. I'm gonna move to a new normal that includes more trust and more dependence on where God is taking me. I wonder what God wants to speak into your life today. I wonder what new normal he has for you and what stands and hangs in the balance with you pushing through the desert period that you feel right now. For some of you, I'm gonna get really personal and I'm gonna get a little bit practical. Because the takeaway I want you to think about today is simply this. What will I let go of in the past so I can have a better future? What will I not turn to that was back here so that God can take me to a new normal. For some of us, it really does have something to do with a substance or something we've been relying on. We reach for pornography, and we know it. We reach for a substance, and God says, no, 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 I have you in a period where I wanna take you beyond that. You need to be committed and maybe even go get some help. For some of us, it's a marriage. And what we know is pre-COVID, we said in our marriage, something has to change. And God has begun to do a work in our lives to change it, and we're almost gonna reach back. For some of you, you have an affair in your past, and it's hurtful and it's painful. And what happens in your relationship 
is that when you hit a desert period and things get a little tough, you drag the past into your present and it keeps you from moving into the future God has for you. Maybe it's time to leave the past in the past and move to the future God has for you. Let me speak to somebody else. Someone else, there's a family here today, there's a, an athlete here today, and what you know is that your schedule has been so messed up in the past, you focus all your energy on sports, club sports, the schedule. It causes you to miss church, to not prioritize the family or your relationship with God. And you've realized it during this season because you've realized how much more free and how much more you see your family, how much more focused you are on God. And if you're not careful as things move forward, you'll reach back to that. And God maybe has a parent here today to say this. It's time for you to stop focusing on the success of your son or daughter in a sport and focus on the success of your family and them focused on Jesus and their involvement in the church. That's what's gonna last and that's what's gonna change their life. But I wanna talk to someone else here today. And it's the man or woman that's watching this that you related with the life story at the beginning. You saw Andrea and her life and how God transformed her life from a past into having a purpose for her future when she made a decision to follow Jesus. And you wonder, just like Andrea wonders, you wonder if God would accept you. You wonder if you can actually go all in, if you can get baptized. And God has you here today to say that until you make that decision, and he's waiting with open arms, it's a free gift. You don't get your life in order first. You don't get your past in order. You make the decision to follow Jesus, and he helps you get past your past into your future. And God's calling you today to go all in with him and follow Jesus, to get baptized. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to make that decision today. You can reach out to any of our pastors, reach out online. We will help you. It's what our church is all about. All I know is this. No matter who you are today, follower of Jesus or not, God has you here today to tell you he has a new normal for you in your future. But what it requires is that you stop asking to go back to the normal in your past that was negative, and you make a decision to push through this desert period so he can take you into a future that has purpose, hope, peace, and joy. Isn't that what you want? It's what I want. And I wanna pray that today God gives you the courage to take whatever step he's causing you to just realize right now that you would release something from your past so you can move into a new normal with him, whatever that is. And I wanna pray for you right now. Father, uh, we, we thank you for just this season. As, as frustrating as it is, we know that to get from our old normal into a new normal, God, there's always a desert. And I pray that we would just accept this desert, that we continue to push through it, that we trod. It feels dry to some of us. But God, I think I pray that you just give us little hints of what you're doing and you give us courage and perseverance and that many of us here today, we wouldn't reach back to something that's familiar that will destroy our future. But we'll push past a substance, porn, an issue in our marriage, a family issue that's going on. God, we would use this time to move into a period where we follow you more fully and more wholly so that we can truly be in a land 
that you've promised us that's better with you. I pray for the man or woman here today that needs to follow you. They don't have Jesus in their heart because they've never gone all in with you. And I pray today that you would convict them to take that step and that they'd never look back. I pray this all now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I, I hope that God is continuing to speak into your life. We as a church are here to support you in any way. Please reach out if we can help you in any way. And I hope this week God continues to push you forward to the new normal he has for you. Have a great week, CCV, and go make a difference for Jesus.